Good morning. Today is Wednesday, the 19th of June, 2019. This is morning prayer, which is a daily office, normal person prayer time practiced by the Episcopal Church. I am your regular person, Jacob, to lead you through this regular people prayer, which I am thankful for. Our readings today are Psalm 119. 97 through 120, 1 Samuel 2, 12 through 26, Acts 2, 1 through 21, and Luke 20, 27 through 40. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by his infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O God, you are my God, from break of day I seek you. O God, you are my God, eagerly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a barren and dry land where there is no water. Therefore I have gazed upon you in your holy place, that I might behold your power and your glory. For your loving kindness is better than life itself. My lips shall give you praise. So will I bless you as long as I live, and lift up my hands in your name. My soul is content as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the night watches, for you have been my helper, and under the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul clings to you, your right hand holds me fast. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Psalm 119, verses 97 through 120. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day long. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is always with me. 
I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your decrees are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn away from your ordinances, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to observe your righteous ordinances. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your ordinances. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your decrees are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Go away from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your promise, that I may live, and let me not be put to shame in my hope. Hold me up that I may be safe and have regard for your statutes continually. You spurn all who go astray from your statutes, for their cunning is in vain. All the wicked of the earth you count as dross, therefore I love your decrees. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from 1 Samuel, chapter 2, verses 12 through 26. Now the sons of Eli were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord or for the duties of the priests to the people. When anyone offered sacrifice, the priest servant would come while the meat was boiling with a three-pronged fork in his hand, and he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is what they did at Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Moreover, before the fat was burned, the priest's servant would come and say to the one who was sacrificing, Give meat for the priest to roast, for he will not accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. And if the man said to him, Let them burn the fat first, and then take whatever you wish, he would say, No, you must give it now, or I will take it by force. Thus the sin of the young men was very great in the sight of the Lord, for they treated the offerings of the Lord with contempt. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. His mother used to make for him a little robe and take it up to him each year, when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless, then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord repay you with children by this woman for the gift that she made to the Lord. And then they would return to their home. And the Lord took note of Hannah. She conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. And the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord.
Now Eli was very old. He heard all that his sons were doing to all Israel, and how they lay with the women who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all these people. No, my sons, it is not a good report that I hear the people of the Lord spreading abroad. If one person sins against another, someone can intercede for the sinner with the Lord. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can make intercession? But they would not listen to the voice of their father, for it was the will of the for it was the will of the Lord to kill them. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and with the people. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle G, a song of Ezekiel. I will take you from among all nations and gather you from all lands to bring you home. I will sprinkle clean water upon you and purify you from false gods and uncleanness. A new heart I will give you and a new spirit put within you. I will take the stone heart from your chest and give you a heart of flesh. I will help you walk in my laws and cherish my commandments and do them. You shall be my people and I will be your God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A, readings for, a reading from Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, 
In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle S, a song of our true nature. Christ revealed our frailty and our falling, our trespasses and our humiliations. Christ also revealed his blessed power, his blessed wisdom and love. He protects us as tenderly and as sweetly when we are in greatest need. He raises us in spirit and turns everything to glory and joy without ending. God is the ground and the substance, the very essence of nature. God is the true father and mother of natures. We are all bound to God by nature, and we are all bound to God by grace. And this grace is for all the world, because it is our precious mother Christ. For this fair nature was prepared by Christ for the honor and nobility of all, and for the joy and bliss of salvation. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Luke chapter 20, verses 27 through 40. Some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers, the first married and died childless, then the second and the third married her, and so in the same way all seven died childless. Finally the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die any more because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God not of the dead, but of the living, for to him all of them are alive. Then some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well, for they no longer dared to ask him another question. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. All right, as we have been, we're going to use healing prayers from from Enriching Our Worship Volume 2 um, in the place for intercessory prayers. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. Folks, it is the state of the world that we live in that my prayer list is so long that I necessarily have to pause you and lift up these names myself before God for a couple of reasons. One is that I keep two lists, a public and a private list, and I just don't want any mix-ups to happen. I don't want to lift up anybody's name publicly that was given to me privately, and it's a really long list. So I'm going to pause now, and I hope that you'll do the same, and I'm going to pray for each individual on my list. And I've got close to 30 names, I think, um, and some of them are just, you know, lift this person in prayer, and others are very specific prayers. So I'll be back. Let us offer our prayers for God's healing, saying, Hear and have mercy. Holy God, source of health and salvation, hear and have mercy. Holy and mighty, wellspring of abundant life, hear and have mercy. Holy Immortal One, Protector of the Faithful, hear and have mercy. Holy Trinity, the source of all wholeness, hear and have mercy. Blessed Jesus, your holy name is medicine for healing and a promise of eternal life, hear and have mercy. Jesus, descendant of David, you healed all who came to you in faith, hear and have mercy. Jesus, child of Mary, you embrace the world with your love. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, divine physician, you sent your disciples to preach the gospel and heal in your name. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, our true mother, you feed us the milk of your compassion. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, son of God, you take away our sin and make us whole. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, eternal Christ, your promised spirit renews our hearts and minds. Hear and have mercy. Grant your grace to heal those who are sick. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Give courage and faith to all who are disabled through injury or illness. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Comfort, relieve, and heal all sick children. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Give courage to all who await surgery, we pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Support and encourage those who live with chronic illness, we pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Strengthen those who endure continual pain and give them hope, we pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Grant the refreshment of peaceful sleep to all who suffer, we pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Befriend all who are anxious, lonely, despondent, or afraid. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Restore those with mental illness to clarity of mind and hopefulness of heart. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. 
Give rest to the weary and hold the dying in your loving arms. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Help us to prepare for death with confident expectation and hope of Easter joy. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Give your wisdom and compassion to healthcare workers, that they may minister to the sick and dying with knowledge, skill, and kindness. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Uphold those who keep watch with the sick. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Guide those who search for the causes and cures of sickness and disease. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Jesus, Lamb of God, hear and have mercy. Jesus, bearer of our sins, hear and have mercy. Jesus, redeemer of the world, hear and have mercy. Our mother in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Compassionate God, you so love the world that you sent us Jesus to bear our infirmities and afflictions. Through acts of healing, he revealed you as the true source of health and salvation. For the sake of your Christ, who suffered and died for us, conquered death, and now reigns with you in glory, hear the cry of your people. Have mercy on us, make us whole, and bring us at last into the fullness of your eternal life. Amen. All right, we're going to say some more specific prayers for healing. These begin on page 64 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2. May the Holy Trinity bless you, heal you, and give you strength. Guard your body, save your soul, and bring you safely to God's heavenly country, where God lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Father, watch with us over your children, and hear our yearning, that they may be restored to health. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Gentle Jesus, stay beside your children through this day. Take away their pain. Keep them safe. Help them in their fear. Make their bodies strong again and their hearts glad. Thank you for your love which surrounds them always. Amen. Jesus, our Redeemer, Good Shepherd of the sheep, you gather the lambs and carry them in your arms. We entrust our children to your loving care. Relieve their pain, restore in them your gifts of joy and strength, and raise them up to a life in your service. Hear us, we pray, for your dear, for your dear name's sake. Amen. Gentle Jesus, though we are not worthy to have you come under our roof, you are God's word of healing to us. Be with us now, that we may know your presence in one another and rise up in joy to greet you. Grant this for your love's sake. Amen. 
Blessed Jesus, living water, solid rock, uphold your children, loose the fetters of sickness, break their yokes of pain, and from this land of affliction, lead them home. Amen. Loving God, your heart overflows with compassion for your whole creation. Pour out your spirit on all persons living with illness for which we have no cure, as well as their families and loved ones. Help them to know that you claim them as your own. Deliver them from fear and pain, and send your Archangel Raphael to minister to their needs. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Merciful God, in your love and wisdom you know the needs and fears of your people before we can name them. Grant that your children and we who watch with them may be enabled to surrender all their cares to you as you care for them. Give them peace of mind and unshakable trust in you. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Blessed Jesus, in your last agony, you commended your spirit to, to your Father. We seek your mercy for your children and all who are dying. May death become for them as it was for you a birth to everlasting life. Receive those whom we commend to you with the blessed assurance that whether we wake or sleep, we remain with you, one God, forever. Amen. Merciful God, whose son Jesus wept at the death of Lazarus, look with compassion on all who are bound by sorrow and pain through the death of our loved ones. Comfort us. Grant us the conviction that all things work together for good to those who love you and help us to find sure trust and confidence in your resurrection power. Through Jesus Christ, our Deliverer. Amen. In your tender mercies, O God, remember your children who expect or have just received a grave diagnosis. Help them to trust in your goodness and believe that after a time of trial, they shall be established on the firm foundation of your deliverance. Amen. God of all comfort, our very present help in trouble, be near to your children for whom our prayers are offered. Look on them with the eyes of your mercy. Comfort them with a sense of your presence. Preserve them from the enemy and give them patience in their affliction. Restore them to health and lead them to your eternal glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Christ, light of light, brightness indescribable, the wisdom, power, and glory of God, the word made flesh, you overcame the forces of Satan, redeemed the world, then ascended again to the Father. Grant your children, we pray, in this tarnished world, the shining of your splendor. Send your Archangel Michael to defend them, to guard their going out and coming in, and to bring them safely to your presence, where you reign in the one holy and undivided Trinity, to ages of ages. Amen. Blessed Jesus, in the comfort of your love, we lay before you the memories that haunt your children, the anxieties that perplex them, the despair that frightens them, and their frustration at their inability to think clearly. Help them to discover your forgiveness in their memories and know your peace in their distress. Touch them, O Lord, and fill them with your light and your hope. Amen. O blessed Lord, you ministered to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. 
Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen. God, the strength of the weak and the comfort of those who suffer, hear our prayers and grant your children the power of your grace, that their sickness may be turned into health and our sorrow into joy. For Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Spirit of all healing, visit your children. In your power, renew health within them and raise them up in joy, according to your loving kindness, for which we give thanks and praise. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Gracious God, only source of life and health, help, comfort, and relieve your children and give your power of healing to those who minister to their needs, that their weakness may be turned to strength and confidence in your loving care. For the sake of Jesus Christ, amen. Holy and blessed one, shine on your children who lie sleepless. Illumine their spirits and give them rest in you, so that they may recognize you as the true God who brings us out of darkness into our eternal light. Amen. O God, our refuge and strength, in this place of unrelenting light and noise, enfold your children in your holy darkness and silence, that they may rest secure under the shadow of your wings. Amen. Sanctify, O God, the sickness of your, ser- of your servants, that the sense of their weakness may add strength to their faith and seriousness to their repentance, and grant that they may live with you in everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Loving God, we pray that you will comfort your children in their suffering, lend skill to the hands of their healers, and bless the means used for their cure. Give them such confidence in the power of your grace that even when they are afraid, they may put their whole trust in you. Through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Strengthen your servants, O God, to go where they have to go and bear what they have to bear that accepting your healing gifts at the hands of surgeons, nurses, and technicians, they may be restored to wholeness with a thankful heart. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Holy One, you do not distance yourself from the pain of your people, but in Jesus bear that pain with us and bless all who suffer at others' hands. Hallow our flesh and all creation. With your cleansing love, bring healing and strength to your children. And by your justice, lift them up, that in the body you have given them, they may again rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord Christ, you came into the world as one of us and suffered as we do. As we go through the trials of life, help us to realize that you are with us at all times and in all things, that we have no secrets from you, and that your loving grace enfolds us for eternity. In the security of your embrace, we pray. Amen. God, your loving kindness never fails, and your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for giving your children relief from pain and hope of health renewed. Continue the good work begun in them, that increasing daily in wholeness and strength, they may rejoice in your goodness and so order their life always to think and do that which pleases you. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Loving God, 
inspire by your Holy Spirit those who are afraid of losing hope, especially your children for whom we now pray. Give them a fresh vision of your love, that they may find again what they fear they have lost. Grant them your powerful deliverance through the one who makes all things new, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Giver of all grace, we pray your peace, which which passes all understanding for those who are developmentally disabled. Grant that they may always be sustained in love, their gifts honored, and their difficulties understood, that none may add to their troubles. We ask this in the name of the one who comforted those who were troubled in mind, Jesus, our Savior. Amen. As a prayer for mission, I'd like to use the prayer attributed to St. Francis on page 833 of the Book of Common Prayer. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. All right, folks. So now is the time that I usually share with you my thoughts on the readings. So I will do that. All right, so starting with our psalm. I think this is very interesting what my commentary has to say about this. Um, This is the longest chapter in the Bible and is innovative in the manner that it refers to the Torah with words typically used of God, such as love, truth, and true. This reflects the growing importance of the Torah in the post-exilic period and anticipates the idea that the Torah is a stand-in for God, who is no longer regarded as imminent. So this is interesting to me because it is kind of a both-and moment. Like it's a transition, um, one of the many transitions between Old Testament and New Testament. So thinking of God as word is both New Testament and Old Testament. Um, Jesus, of course, was the word made flesh. So there's a transition here between the Hebrew vision of God or understanding of God as existing on the ark that they were literally carrying around or between that and what we'll come to in the New Testament with God dwelling first with us in flesh and then sending the Holy Spirit. So I just think that it's important for us as applied to our present to appreciate the liminal moments, the moments of transition in our lives, because they lead us from one thing to another. And it is not always comfortable. As a matter of fact, I would say it's often uncomfortable, but it's really important to note and to intentionally process and incorporate those transitions because that helps us move from one transformation or one glory, however you want to put it, to the next. 
All right, our Old Testament reading. There are several interesting things to me about this reading. Um, one is the very clear juxtaposition of the example not to follow of Eli's sons and the example to follow of Samuel. And I think it's important here to note too that um, certain giftedness in following God is not necessarily descended through biological means. So for example, priestliness is not hereditary. And we think we've learned that lesson, but we haven't. Like we don't overtly pass down the lineage from one to the other, but we have some kind of expectation there. So I have at least two families in my life right now where there is a tradition of spiritual service and there is a literal attempt to pass it from one generation to the next in terms of profession. And I think that we need to beware there because the lineage of servanthood as a profession, so I'm talking like priesthoods or like official spiritual positions. My spiritual directorship is one of them. Um, you can probably think of a bunch more. Um, so in this case, I think the great example here is, you know, Samuel was not one of Eli's sons. He was outside that traditional lineage, but he was the better fit for the priesthood and he was dedicated by Hannah. So I think we need to keep our eyes open, maybe be watchful and aware for who God is calling us to follow in the footsteps of and who God is calling to calling us to pass down to. And it's not as simple as like the military concept. You teach your job to the man above you and the man below you, right? Or person above and person below, I should say. And it's also interesting here that Hannah, who was among the disenfranchised, her worth is only how many sons she can produce, right? And it's interesting that it refers to that in this passage too, that God blessed Samuel, by, or God blessed, um, the Lord took note of Hannah and blessed Elkanah by causing her to conceive and bear children. So even here in the same, in the very same passage, the writer, I would say diminishes Hannah's worth by saying that her blessing, her, her blessing was um, bearing children. It doesn't call out overtly the blessing that she recognized God's calling for her to dedicate Samuel and dedicated him to the Lord. That is like way outside the context, I, I think. Um, and I think it's also interesting that her husband listened to her on that. So all of this kind of wraps together, I think, um, as an admonition for us to be aware of 
both the roles and the messages that we are bequeathing to those who are our descendants in blood and in all other aspects. Because when we force people into roles that they're not a good fit for, they don't do a good job in them. And when we overlook people who might be perfect for a role because they don't have the proper lineage, whatever that might look like for us, um, we do our entire community a disservice. So that would be what I have to say about the Old Testament. Forgive me if I'm a little bit groggy. I am exhausted. I haven't gotten a lot of sleep lately for one reason or another. Last night, it was that um, I just had a crazy busy night and didn't even set foot back home until like 10:30 at night. Um, when you get up at four in the morning, that's a little rough because I still had everything else to do. So if I'm a little more, even more, I should say, disjointed than usual, that's why. Okay. Our reading from Acts. So, okay, here, here's the talk about Pentecost. I don't get why we don't read this on Pentecost, and then move along in the rest of the cycle of liturgy. But I am still, of course, grateful for it. You've probably heard me say this before, but I'm gonna say it again here because I think it is the, the, the appropriate place to say it. Part of our job, if we are aware, awakened, and gifted in language, is to translate for others. And the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples at Pentecost and gave them this ability. All of a sudden, the people around them were able to understand because they were speaking their language. I definitely think this is something that we need to apply in our lives. Um, that we prayerfully discern and those of us whom God has gifted with the ability to communicate we really have to pray into that so that we, like the disciples, can have the Holy Spirit come upon us and translate for us so that people who might not otherwise understand can and that our message is passed clearly. So much in this world is missed and distorted because the message is um, clouded either in the transmission or in the receipt of the message. And so this is huge to me that that part a very huge part of Pentecost, I believe, and of the Holy Spirit's um, purpose, mission with us is to help us communicate clearly. That is, is to me what Pentecost was all about, was the Holy Spirit descending and enabling communication, the spreading of the good news. And so that's something I would really like for us to continue to pray into. And then something, something else that was interesting here, I think, especially given, and so forgive me if I've said this before and forgive me also for my, my vulgarity, but I've got this new zero fucks philosophy, or it's my interpretation of zero fucks. And, and here's what it is. Unless you are either a someone who I care about and respect and maybe even admire, 
or B, you are someone that has legitimate authority that impacts my family's life. I give zero fucks what you think. And I say that like not to be ugly, but just to liberate because we spend so much time. Okay. And I know I've talked about this before. We spend so much time, especially professionally concerning ourselves with other people's perception when we only have control over half of that at best. We have control over what we transmit. We do not have control over what the other person receives. All we can do is do our best and ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. But we get so wrapped up in it. So at some point, you've got to draw the boundary, at least I think, and, and like do your best and then give zero fucks about how it's received. And so I think it's interesting here that there are people that did not receive this event well. And Peter's like, he explains it, but he's also like zero fucks. You guys aren't getting it. Here's the clear explanation. We're moving on. I mean, at least that's the way I'm interpreting it. Um, and maybe I'm reading a little too much based on my context. That's okay too. <laughs> Lastly, our um, gospel reading. So yesterday, and I, I didn't get to finish my recording yesterday or the day before, which is an issue in and of itself, but we had the reading about the spies who were sent to trap Jesus. And so this immediately follows that. So um, this is kind of a setup too um, for understanding the context of the disbelief in Jesus' resurrection. I mean, this is so outside some of these folks' concepts. And I think we can pretty easily put ourselves in their place and imagine how, how difficult it would be to believe this event, right? How much distortion there might be in the receipt of that message. Um, so the Sadducees come and they are, they don't believe there's resurrection. So there's a trap there, these particular Sadducees to begin with. And then they ask, this is really telling to me, they ask the wrong question. Whose wife will she be? And, and we're, we're looking at this as, as property. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that's wrong with this. Like this whole this whole question is wrong in so many ways. Like one, what a stupid practice, right? <laughs> and I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that. I mean, if the woman is barren, why do we, yeah. And, and not to mention women aren't property. Whose wife is she going to be in the afterlife is talking about her like she's property. Like the whole thing is just all jacked up to begin with. So we already know, like there's a whole point being missed there. Um, but Jesus explains anyway. And the Sadducees, it sounds like they kind of accept the answer, at least insofar as they cease and desist with the entrapment. So I like to think that there was a seed planted here. And that the important message for us is we come to the table respectfully. And even when it's the wrong question being asked, we answer the question to the best of our ability. And then, and then we leave it. It's not our job to convince everybody. 
And I have one particular instance in my life that is like this. Um, a person came to me and asked this question. I'm like, wow, is that the, is that really the question that you want to ask me? And I answered the question and then I realized maybe I should have answered the question that wasn't being asked. Do you know what I mean? But in the end, there was still a seed planted. There was still blessing because we came to the table over a contentious issue and just discussed it. Sometimes it doesn't even matter so much what words are said, but just that we're talking. Praise God. Okay. I think, I think that's all I have to say. And I hope that kind of at least made a little bit of sense and was helpful. So thank you very much. We'll go ahead and close up our time together now. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen. <laughs>